Welcome to the Strategic Talent Management People Solution Podcast. We solve your people challenges. People are the most important ingredient for your business or organization's success. We believe the way to take your organization to the next level begins with knowing your people and yourself. In this episode, Art and Sue discuss the importance of having everyone involved in the planning process. So Art, today we're talking about planning. And whether we call it business planning, strategic planning, or what have you, is it overrated? After all, things change. Any plan we come up with is likely to be obsolete by the end of the quarter, maybe by the end of the week, the way things yeah, are going exactly. today. Um, what do you have to say about that? Well, I think that's always been the case, uh, You know, particularly if you look out years. I mean, you know things are going to change, but the but the, the concept of planning is to have broad goals and objectives with steps about how to achieve them. And as we know, we've been dealing with this for the last couple of years at STM. I mean, having the broad goals, the, the steps might change, but the broad goals don't really change. The technology might change. People come up with new ideas. Change is an inevitable part of planning. And that's one reason uh, I like to ask people in, in uh, interviews, for example, not just their approach to planning and do they seem to like planning and that so forth. One of my favorite questions is, what about contingency planning? How do you, how do you plan for things changing? How do you plan for things uh, going off the rails? How do you plan for things not working out the way you expected? Because that's where the true strategic mindset comes into play because you're right, things change all the time. That's always been the case. So this process can be daunting. How do you suggest organizations get started? Well, I think it's, it's uh, a, a lot of times planning is done only at the senior level. And you know we deal with a lot of small companies. So the senior level might be the owner or a couple of three people and they're trying to take everything onto themselves. And so they're, they're limiting themselves to, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're not getting input from the other people that were hired for good valid reasons or good employees. They understand what's going on. So the owners or the senior team is really limiting themselves by trying to do it all themselves. I say literally involve everyone uh, in describing what this business is all about and kicking around the, uh, the ideas for goals or objectives. And again, I use ourselves as an example. We had a bunch of people that were fairly new to the company. Uh, you know, you and I were the old timers. You'd been there five years. I've been here forever. And we had two or three brand new people. But I think we were, we got a lot, and, and we had a couple of consultants, and I think we got a lot of uh, good, new, fresh ideas from those new people. Uh, and particularly right. for me, because I've been in it for so long that, you know, I tended to be myopic in my viewpoint. You brought a fresh perspective, and the new people brought even 
a fresher perspective. You need all those different perspectives and you benefit from them. So don't hesitate to bring everybody into the process. I think the key there is, and I've seen this many times in my corporate experience, that planning and, and goal setting and so forth is, I would say, more about the buy-in later on than it is about how mm -hmm. wonderful the process was. Or did you check all the boxes and do everything necessary in uh, in a, in a some planning process you're following, but buy-in is critical. If no people aren't really bought in, especially your mid-level managers, uh, and maybe even the lower-level uh, newer newer or entry-level employees, if they're not bought in that this is a good direction or a good goal or makes sense to them, it ain't gonna happen. Right. And that's just the simple truth. No matter what the process is. So the idea is if you get everybody involved, what are you doing there? Well, you're getting everybody to think about the future. You're getting everybody to offer their ideas. They might see some of their ideas in the final product uh, and they're more likely to support that outcome. And here's a little, this is kind of a side note, but I remember one time I worked with a, uh, a good sized company. They had like, I think 50, 60 employees. So they were a little skeptical about my idea of involving everybody. But when the day came to get the feedback from people, from everybody in that organization, there was one very interesting thing that stood out like a sore thumb to everybody in the group. One of the partners who was known to be a little bit of a maverick, a little bit of a loose cannon, he announced that he hadn't had time to work on it. And yet you had receptionists and account coordinators and salespeople and all kinds of other folks who had worked on it. Right. He didn't survive the week. <laughs> I bet he didn't. Well, I, and it was a it was a it was a very telling situation where and I think it happened maybe with a couple of other situations I've been involved with, but if people don't involve themselves. It's kind of like uh, when you tell me you've been ghosted by somebody on a recruiting uh, uh, interview. Well, they just told us something. They do. How do you get the conversation started? You've got all these people in the room. How, how do you draw them out? What questions should we be asking? Well, here again, I think sometimes with planning and organization, we get too involved with jumping right into the future. Oh, we're going to lay out grand schemes and grand plans for the future. But a more valuable place to start is the past. It's very interesting to ask people where we all started from. What are the values? What are the founding stories? What are the myths or whatever they are about the company? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, I think it's fascinating in a company, whether how well established and how long people have been there or not, they have very different pictures of, of that of where the company started from. And again, I attribute that to the fact that historically we've put, put way too much time in only talking about the future. We didn't stop to think, well, does Sue have a different version of the past than Art has? Right. Uh, it, can we reconcile those? Do they kind of make sense? Or, or are they talking two different companies? Because if we're not talking about the same past and the same history and the same situations, we're not we can't possibly talk about a unified vision of the future. So start with the past. 
Where, where do we come from? Who, what are we all about? And then as you move into the future, really talk explicitly about, you know, what do we do well? Mm-hmm. What, what, what do we really excel at? What, what's our knitting, so to speak? And again, if, if, if it's a company that's typically reserved planning to the more senior people and hasn't involved other people or don't, these questions don't come up fairly often, you're going to get different answers to those questions. And again, that's very, very revealing because if we're not all in agreement with what we do really well, again, you, you can't plan for the future. Conversely, what do we don't do so well? You and I were just talking about that very fact this morning. And you have to be clear about what you don't do well and either make an explicit decision, gee, we're going to work on that, or that's not who we are. It's not part of our knitting. We're not right. going to offer that service or product. And we're not going to, you know, we're not going to waste our prospects time uh, t- t- talking about, about a service we don't do well, we don't want to do, we're not equipped to do. So again, you need agreement on that. And as I said, make a decision on, you know, do you want to change? Does something need improving? Is something left well enough alone? What needs changing? And then one of my favorite topics from a, a, a dear friend and consultant many years ago is the great unsaid. Tell me about that. <laughs> what do you mean by the great unsaid? Well, you know, another way to look at it is kind of the elephants in the room. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of examples of this, but uh, things, that, things that hold us back and everybody knows about, and nobody discusses. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it's just the classic cloud that hangs over the entire organization. And somehow I don't feel comfortable talking about it. We don't are not allowed to talk about it. It just isn't discussed. And yet, these are sometimes the things that hold us back. I mean, uh, uh, again, using our own company as an example, I'm the founder. I've been around forever. And you yourself identified fairly early on, you know, everything's in art's head. That's that's kind of the right. thing. We got to deal with that. We got to talk about it. We got to explicitly say, well, gee, how do we get it out of art's head into an ops manual or into a planning document or whatever? Uh, you know, other examples that come to mind, and I've seen this in some of some of you know companies I've worked with in the past, especially like a family owned company, which mm-hmm. is frequently the model of a, you know, the small firms we deal with is, uh, you know, the great unsaid might be, if your last name isn't Smith, uh, you're not going to get ahead. Right. Or, you know, if you're, if you're a, a old friend of arts or the founder or what have you, you get ahead. If you're not, you don't get ahead. I mean, those things have to be discussed as painful as they are. It's, it's usually we have a greater fear for repercussions than really and truly exist. And if we just explicitly discuss them and talk about them, we're doing ourselves a tremendous favor because again, if it's truly an elephant in the room, if it's something that holds us back and we're not talking about it, uh, we cannot look at the future. You can't make progress. You cannot achieve a goal if if there are these tremendous obstacles sitting in front of us. Right. 
So now we've talked about the past and, and all of the things we're afraid to talk about. So now we're ready to jump into all the exciting brainstorming and stuff, right? Well, again, I, I think we, we just, at, at some point, obviously planning is about the future, but you do want to look at the company's history. I, I think one of the most effective things to involve everybody in and everybody, you know, no matter how new the employee, uh, they will have some perspective on the company's history maybe from the outside looking in. Uh, whatever their source of knowledge or, or their short time in the company or long time in the company, they have a sense of significant moments in that company's history. And again, knowing what those are and hearing what other people see mm -hmm. uh, is a tremendous asset uh, to, to the decision makers uh, and to everybody who is uh, looking wants to look to the future and make some changes. The, those significant points in the past define who we are today. And again, if there are differences, we need to talk about those explicitly to get a clear picture. Now, you don't want to dwell on the history. We don't want to spend days or weeks in invaluable meeting time talking about the history, but you want to make it clear to people especially if you're the owner or you're the, one of the senior people that you really want to hear what people have noticed. For, for example, you and I have talked about this again in terms of recruiting. One of the most valuable, and I think most interesting things that you can do with a brand new hire, especially for the, you know, the, the manager or the owner, take that new hire to lunch a week or two after they've started with your company. And just ask them, what have they noticed? Right. You're not asking them to rat out on art or rat out on Sue. You're just saying, you've been here a couple of weeks. What did you notice? What do you see when you walk in the door in the morning? It's the same idea as this uh, turning that into a planning concept is because what you're asking people that might have been in your company only a few months or a few years, what do you notice or what do you see about the past or what do your friends see about this company's past or events in the past or uh, what we do in the community and so forth? Tremendous value to that because it's just a fresh set of eyes. It's a new perspective. Uh, whether it's right or wrong, it's the perspective, somebody's right. perspective. And you as a key planner or a key mover and shaker simply need to be aware of what those perceptions are. So now we've got all of that. Now we get to talk about the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's really what it's all about. And, but it's, it's like anything else. There's, there's just some foundational work that has to be done, but absolutely. Of course we have to talk about the future. Um, but here's a, another place that I've over the years, I mean, I spent a lot of time doing strategic planning sessions with companies and, because I'm dating myself now, but we'd fill up, you know, uh, uh, two by three sheets of paper with all kinds of ideas and sticky notes and so on and so forth. That's effective. You can get some good ideas, but as you and I know well from our work on behavior, uh, who are you going to hear from? Well, let's see. You're going to hear from all the extroverts and right. all the people who are comfortable speaking up. You might not hear from the introverts. And of course, we just did a little podcast about that the other day. But that's a real problem when it comes, it comes to, to brainstorming, brainstorming because, because those introverts with the good ideas make up half the population. 
And so you can guess in any any population, whether your company or my company or any other any other organization, you're probably not going to get full participation from half the people in the room. Not if it's a free-for-all. No, that's right. And I mean, there's ways to handle that. There's polling and so forth. And we've done those things here. But what what I like to do is to, uh, and how you do this depends on numbers and so on and so forth, but either individuals or a tiny group of two or three individuals who might self-select and do a presentation to the rest of the team. And let them present their ideas, uh, let other people listen. And that way, whether extroverts or introverts suddenly goes away. Everybody's got some airtime uh, and uh, uh, presenting what they feel are the most important items. And you know, at the, at the end of the day, now you've got something, uh, I think, more complete and more in-depth uh, about this question of whether it's brainstorming about the future or any of the other elements we've talked about, but you're going to hear from everybody equally and get some good ideas on the table. And again, I mean, there's some, there's, uh, there's, there's instructions you can give to make this more effective. I like to just make it very clear. I'm looking for specific descriptions. I'm not looking for general things or don't worry about hurting my feelings as the founder or the feelings of the senior people. Uh, put your put your thoughts out there. Put your hopes and concerns about there. Put put your big objectives out there. The big obstacles. Let's get it out all all out all on the table so that we can all deal with it. So now we've got all these ideas and goals and plans. Let's talk action. Mm-hmm. Now what? Well, and this goes back to what I talked about at the very beginning. I think what really the reason a process like this, and there's no magic solution, but the idea we want to involve everybody, it's not so much do we hear from everybody, make everybody feel good about our company, but it's really about buy-in because now when we get to action, everybody from the receptionist to the CEO feels that they had some input, people listen to them, maybe ask questions, all this got filtered up into some document uh, and I can I can see my idea traced in there somehow or other. Right. And there I'm are no surprises. What's that? No surprises. Yeah, there's no surprises. And even if the idea that or the project I'm working on wasn't exactly what I had envisioned, I know that I was heard, and I know that somehow or other, just presenting my ideas or my team's ideas to the group. Uh, everybody at least heard our concerns and objectives. Uh, so so this, this, the concept, concept of buy-in is huge when it comes to planning. And if you, if you approach a strategic planning type of initiative with buy-in in mind from a very start, you will be successful. So, I mean, the classic, classic uh, answer to your question, Sue, would be, you know, you if you have a giant, people call it a big, hairy, nasty goal, well, you need to break that into steps. And I mean, there's, there's uh, things that you can do to massage uh, big goals into more measurable and definable steps so that people know, you know, exactly how, how are we going to eat this elephant? Well, let's do it one bite at a time. Uh, 
assign responsibility. Uh, and in this case, because everybody's presented, you might already see, gee, you know, uh, Ted and Alice uh, spoke very eloquently on this subject, and maybe they're not part of senior management. Well, who cares? They had a concept that uh, we're, we're running with. Let's, let's assign that responsibility to them. Again, what you do there, what you're doing is uh, improving uh, buy-in. And how do we get to where we agreed we want to go? You need to have clear milestones and clear, clearly identify obstacles along the way. And I think, again, this is kind of right out of most uh, any good planning system, but having clear measurements and clear milestones are critical because after we've spent days uh, of, of discussing plans and you know weeks massaging them and meeting with them and so on and so forth, uh, it's amazing how quickly these things fade to the background as you get back to business as usual and projects come up and customers are calling and people lose track of those. Uh, but if you've done the work to set up clear milestones and clear measurements, then whether it's a, a week later or six months later or a year later, you can answer the question, mainly for you and your team, did we make progress? Yes or no? Uh, so that's one of the, the most important things to do at this uh, uh, action stage is to just know exactly what we expect to see. And if our milestones, uh, we're exceeding all our milestones, good for us, pat ourselves on the back, and uh, next year we'll tackle the next project. If we're missing those milestones or we're not getting the results we expected, uh, don't be afraid to dust off those plans and revisit them and say, gee, you know, where did we go wrong? Do we have the wrong people assigned? Uh, mm -hmm. We're not giving them resources. Did things change for your earliest question? And maybe it's no longer relevant or maybe we're, we're now missing something. Well, and, and as we've talked about, there are obviously going to be obstacles along the way. No plan is perfect. And there's in any group of any size, there's always going to be one person who points out the why not Mm -hmm. the negative one that says, oh, mm -hmm. we can't do that because listen to those people because you want to have a clear idea of what obstacles you may face and add some contingency mm -hmm. plans to mm -hmm. work around them. Mm -hmm. so, so to sum all this up, what are some key takeaways we can offer about planning? Don't start with the future. Start in the past, who we are, where we've come from, we talked about that quite a bit, but that's a that's a to me a key takeaway. Uh, the, the the idea of planning is it looks like it's completely future focused, but we get, we have to focus on the past and current obstacles and the current realities and how people, how people currently, currently perceive, perceive us, us, both internally and externally. Another key message, in my opinion, is get everyone involved. And on my notes here, I've got it in capital letters. There is there is a process involved, and you know we don't have a, uh, a we haven't cornered the market on the exact process, but uh, there's a way to do this that again involves people, that gets them engaged early. Uh, look for ways to avoid the classic problem of you know your extroverted senior people have been there forever, dominating the airtime. 
Maybe they know what they're talking about, maybe not. Uh, but they certainly have one perspective, but there are many perspectives that need to be involved. Part of that is the great unsaid. What are we going to do about those obstacles that have tripped us up many times in the past? As I said, we all know what they are. The new people may be even more clear about what they are than, than the people that have been there for a long time. Deal with those obstacles. Again, it has to do a lot with buy-in and people's perceptions, but if you don't deal with those obstacles, you're never going to get to the uh, you're never going to get to the future. And as you said, now how can we turn to the future? Yes, obviously that's what planning is all about. And, and there, there again, uh, uh, the more you involve people, the better process you have to make sure everybody's involved. And don't forget key milestones, key measurements along the way, so that we can know at any point in the next year or two or three whether or not we're making progress. So thank you for listening to another episode of Strategic Talent Management's People Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe to get notifications for new episodes. And for more information on strategic talent management, click on the link to our website in the podcast description.